Welcome to Simply Cyber. Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. It is episode 230. It's October 31st. Boo! Happy Halloween, everybody. Today's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, we're going to go through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be providing my expert analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. Or if you're looking to break into the industry, we've got you covered. You're definitely going to be asked in an interview, how are you staying? How are you staying? Oh my God! I was trying to be fun with the uh, with the uh, hoodie, but those sunglasses—I can't see anything. Jeez! Woo! Happy Halloween, everybody! Before we get into the show, shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors: Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to making. Uh, excuse me. It's dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks. Uh, and recover from damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyberns. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Also, much love and respect for Recon InfoSec. If your organization is large enough to have real cybersecurity concerns, but maybe not quite large enough to uh, build a full-fledged security operations capability from the ground up, Check out the managed detection and response offering from Recon InfoSec. Their offering includes the people, the process, the technology needed to deliver full spectrum security operations to organizations of any size people. They got it covered up in there. I want to remind you, if you hold professional certifications that require CPEs, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE, so it stacks two and a half. A week, 10 a month. Be sure to document literally the easiest and I would argue the most enjoyable way to earn CPs. If you're live, love it. Say what's up. Hashtag team live in chat. Thank you for being here, all of you. If you are on replay, hashtag team replay. Thanks for catching the stream. Definitely want to say what's up and and, uh, hashtag team replay in chat. If um, you're watching on replay, just to get credit so you could say you were here. Right? If you're watching on replay, you have the ability to jump forward in the future. So if you don't want to Deal with the pleasantries, jump forward. You can also listen to this on your audio podcast app of choice if that's your jam. But for the rest of us who are here living, breathing, hashtag team live. Let's say what's up. Spend a few minutes. Welcome everybody into chat. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Get the lights here. Want to just have a little bit of fun with the Halloween vibe, but I've got to change uh, out of this because I've been wearing this hoodie for like 10 seconds and I'm already like sweating my butt off. Hold on. Hopefully, we can all enjoy a little bit of uh, tomfoolery as we get into the Halloween vibes, right? How's everybody's weekend doing? I see you, Jeffrey Watala. Good to see you, Omatola. Hey, Carrie. Always nice to see you, man. Angel Perez, good morning to you. Hashtag Team Live. Tabitha in the house. Hey, Cyber Munchkin. Happy Halloween. 
CTFs are all about good times. Hey, Nick Barker, welcome West Coast. Good morning, Jessica Probst. Good to see you. Hey, Alana. Guys, we will be raffling off. Get get some of this. Compliments of David Meese. We will be raffling off. Try Hack Me Vouchers. Let me put in Nightbot right now. We will be raffling off Try Hack Me Vouchers. Two per day, every day, this week. Surprise! I did not, I did not tease this last week. I was just... Uh, I got so much going on, I just forgot, honestly. Let me see. I got to get my camera straightened out here, guys. Let's see. Uh, how's that? Yeah, that's better. I like it, I like it, I like it. There we go. All right. Oh, is David Meese in chat. Justin Loken's here. I'm super pumped. At the mid-roll, we will be doing raffles. It's been a minute since we did some raffles, guys. Oh, David Meese is here. There he is. He knows what's up. From the CISO series. All right. So hold on. Calm down, CISO series. Jeez. Kind of jumped the gun here. All right. Nine days until the cert test. Good stuff. Internal strangers shouting out public holidays tomorrow uh, down in Land of Oz. Sup, Josh Mason. Good to see you, BSEC. Candy time. Candy, candy, candy. Mm. Oh, yeah. Coffee's good. All right, guys. Let's dive into the news. Hope everybody's well. I'll see you guys at the mid-reel. Hopefully you guys already have read your actionable Intel newsletter email that I sent out first thing this morning. Hopefully it's already delivering value. I think the um, the the section for um, executives is just a straight copy-paste email. So that's a win. All right, let's get into the news. Cybersecurity headlines. It's Monday, October 31st, 2022. Thomson Reuters leaks three terabytes of sensitive data. Oops. The research team at Cyber News has found that the media giant left at least three of its databases open and accessible for several hours, including the three terabyte public facing Elastic Search database, which contains a trove of sensitive, up to date information, including Thomson Reuters plain text passwords to third party servers. The company recognized the issue and fixed it immediately and downplayed it, saying it affects only, quote, a small subset of Thomson Reuters global trade customers, end quote. Massive. All right. So if it isn't our old friend AWS, now this isn't a leaky S3 bucket, but it might as well be with Elasticsearch indices uh, being exposed. Guys, um, unfortunately, you know, this can happen. Three terabytes public face in Elasticsearch database. Obviously, somebody. When, when was this? Um, is there a date on when this happened? I I don't see a date on it, guys. Uh, was logged recently with some pieces of data as recently as October twenty sixth. That's how young the date or how recent the data was. I'm just wondering. This sounds. That's Wednesday. Okay, so this sounds, guys. If I had to guess, this sounds like. <laughs> um, it could be senior analyst, it could be junior analyst, but typically, um, you don't make production changes on Friday. <clears throat> and this is why it sounds like somebody made a change. Um, maybe they were troubleshooting and they flipped a, a bit, they switched a flag, whatever it was, and exposed it to the internet. Now, you know, typically when you're troubleshooting, you're like, oh, I can't access it. Oh, you know, the app isn't seeing the data. Oh, I can't make the database call, whatever it is. And then you start relaxing permissions and, oh, it works. It works. What'd you do? Uh, you know, nothing. Okay, well, it works. Just leave it alone. And, you know, unfortunately, this is classic where you like right click, select permissions, everyone, 
uh, in a Windows machine and all of a sudden, you know, everything that was breaking now works. So this is what it sounds like. It was only, I mean, fortunately for Thomson Reuters, it was only for a few hours. It was only a subset of their um, corporate data, but it still sucks. It's still a bad look. Some engineer definitely got their hand slapped uh, for making a mistake there. They'll probably go back and review processes to make sure that it doesn't happen again. If they were any type of um, mature organization, that's a pretty standard process uh, in IT and in InfoSec. Okay, what like basically do a root cause analysis. What happened? Why did this data get exposed? How do we prevent it from happening in the future? Oh, we need processes. And then the final thing I'll say on this, uh, and you might get like a, a hashtag preach, right? Hashtag preach in chat. They probably actually do have processes in place to avoid this mistake from happening. And the processes weren't followed because it, because that's the, that's the reality of it, man. Like people don't read process documents. Oh, I've worked here for years. I, I know how to do it. Don't tell me how to do it. Or I, I'm, I'm a recent hire, but we did the same thing at my last company. I know what to do. Like get away from me with your nerd documents or this document is out of date or whatever. Like as, as good as documentation is, a lot of people ignore it. Uh, and there's a reason why it's documented is to avoid mistakes, right? So um, again, a little bit of speculation, but having spent time in the saddle, um, those those are some real truths, honestly. Cyber attack hits Slovak and Polish parliaments. Quote, the attack was multidirectional, including from inside the Russian Federation, end quote, reads a statement published by the Polish Senate, who suggests that the attack may be linked to the Senate's vote. The attack completely blocked the IT infrastructure of the parliament, including the IT network and phone lines at the Slovak parliament and interrupting voting operations on several bills. Twitter. All right. So it sounds like um, Slovak and uh, Polish uh, legislative system was hit. Uh, I'm just trying to see. I'd have to imagine. I don't know if it's like internet facing and citizens are allowed to vote online. So it was like a denial of service attack or if somebody hacked in, uh, you know, whether, you know, technical elite exploitation or if it was just like a phishing email to Carl, but um, entire computer network was paralyzed. That would make me think internal IT infrastructure as well. Um, so all this did was interrupt and delay the voting um, of, of whatever, you know, I don't know what they were voting on. It doesn't say what they were voting on, but all it did is delay. Like this, this is like a classic misconception. Like you didn't stop anything, right? They're not, they're not like, oh my God. Well, I guess we'll just move on from that piece of legislation that the hackers really got us on that one. That was the only time we could have voted on that. So, um, you know, it's interesting that they were able to attack, um, the IT infrastructure, but it's just government. You know what I mean? The government isn't, you know, <laughs> at least in the United States, it's, it's you know, big and, and cumbersome and bureaucratic and not the best security in, in all places. Some places are all right. So this might be the same case. This, this story is actually kind of thin as far as like detail and content goes. It just, you know, basically this is just a big splashy headline more than it is a story. Trolls bombard platform after Elon Musk takeover. Twitter has been hit by a coordinated trolling campaign in the wake of Elon Musk's takeover with more than 50,000 tweets from 300 accounts bombarding the platform with hateful content as of Sunday. 
The social media platform says it has been targeted with an attempt to make users think Twitter has dropped or weakened its content policies after Elon Musk bought the company for $44 billion last week. In a Twitter thread posted on Sunday, Twitter's head of safety and integrity, Yoel Roth, said the company had seen a, quote, ton, end quote, of tweets posted by a small number of accounts featuring slurs and other derogatory terms. Roth said most of those accounts were inauthentic and the users involved had been banned. Yeah, okay. So this is interesting. Um, obviously, whoever was behind this attack um, had to have done some planning in advance to, you know, to have these accounts and then have the actual hateful tweets ready to go, unless you were using some type of like, you know, twisted jigsaw version of AI to, to like generate hateful text, which, which wouldn't be actually too difficult. We've seen multiple instances of AI um, being tested and like it, it quickly turns toxic. Uh, sadly, uh, with the intent of, of reputational damage on Twitter. So the couple things I'll say about this, you know, kind of clever, kind of interesting, but like with anything else, when someone, something big happens, like a new boss, a new CEO, a new ownership, um, it's like shaking a snow globe up, right? There's going to be a lot of turmoil, a lot of uncertainty, and then, you know, basically actions speak louder than words, right? So repeated actions, behaviors, they begin to denote what the tone is, what the culture is. Um, so I don't see this as destroying Twitter. What I will say uh, that's you know related, but somewhat interesting on InfoSec Twitter, I don't know if anyone else saw this. And guys, if you don't, Twitter has a big InfoSec community. So like if you're new here uh, or new to the industry or whatever, and you didn't realize this, there is a lot of chatter um, within our community, within our industry, not just simply cyber, like, like within the all of InfoSec on Twitter. Uh, and there's certain voices that are louder than others. Um, and, and for good reason, like Robert Graham is a wonderful follow. Mick Douglas is a wonderful follow. Um, Kevin Beaumont is a wonderful follow. Uh, just, just to name a couple. Uh, and everybody's got a list of like the InfoSec Twitter, Leslie Carhart's excellent. Um, Wendy Nather, right? So, uh, Bryson Bort, like there's a bunch. Okay. So anyways, long story short, um, I saw several of them over the weekend talking about, all right, here's my link, here's my links or whatever. Here's my, my, you know, user account things for other platforms. And there's a couple, right? So counter social, I tried for a minute. I didn't like it. Dave Kennedy kind of turned me on to that one. I didn't like that one. Um, there's one called Mastodon. And that one seems to be where the cool kids are going. I I don't know. Like Eric Capuato sent it over to me. I don't know if you guys know Mastodon. I'll go back and look at chat. Um, I mean, I plan on using Twitter still, right? Like until Twitter, until Twitter isn't really a allowing me to connect and, and discuss infosec stuff and share, you know, resources with people, uh, then I'll move off. But Mastodon seems like a really popular one. Uh, and I'm just kind of curious if anyone else. Uh, has used Mastodon or if they have thoughts about Mastodon. So please leave it in chat. I'll go back and look. Um, should I should I get on Mastodon? Would you recommend uh, peers get on Mastodon or or another platform? Let me know. I'm kind of curious what, 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 what people's vibes are. New Zealand warns of an ongoing credential stuffing attack. Air New Zealand Chief Digital Officer Nikhil Ravishankar pointed out that the threat actors did not hack any company systems but only individual customer accounts. 
These accounts were then locked and customers were advised to change their login details before using the AirPoints system again, he said. The company is also urging customers to change their passwords on all other accounts that used that same password. All right. Hopefully. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> credential stuffing attack. Let's gather around, children. Let's talk about terminology. <clears throat> Excuse me. Credential stuffing attack. Basically, it's where you have uh, dumped creds or you're going to brute force attempt creds because you have user accounts or something, which which aren't that hard to get user accounts. Um, and you attempt to try to log in. Now, typically for me, credential stuffing means you're not, um, you know, you, you basically say it's five attempts before the account locks out. You do five uh, attempts. You record if the passwords work or do not work. Um, and then once the account's locked out, you typically can't try to log in again. So then you move on to the next account and maybe you reuse the same pa the same five passwords, right? Maybe you have high cough, like, <coughs> excuse me, like winter 2022 exclamation point, right? That's a popular password right now. So maybe that's one of the five you try and you just iterate over user accounts. So you don't really care. You're not looking for, um, you're not looking for the CEO's account. You're looking for any account to get in. And it sounds like Air New Zealand was able to detect, to detect this because uh, customers' accounts are getting locked out, obviously, um, because, because they have a control in place that says after X number of login attempt failures, lock the account for some period of time. You can set it like in Windows environments, you might set it for like 15 minutes of lockout uh, and then allow and then gracefully unlock itself because you're thinking that uh, an attacker would move on at that point, whereas a legitimate end user would just get frustrated and then come back and their account's locked out. It, it, it reduces the um, burden on IT and help desk. So this is kind of funny though. It says the company is urging customers to change their password. I mean, I guess, but like, I, I honestly, I don't know if this is good advice, right? If your account got locked out, it means that they didn't have your password. And if your account got logged in, I don't know if you would know, but it was a credential stuffing attack. What, what they should be saying is urging customers to use decent passwords. That's what they should be doing. Like if I use Air New Zealand and some jabroni is like doing a credential stuffing attack with Metasploit, it doesn't mean my password has been compromised. So this seems like maybe a... Uh, uh, either ill-informed or Air New Zealand's executive want to say something to make it look like they're doing something, right? If they really wanted this, if this was really, really the goal here, they could force all end users to change their password on the back end, right? They don't need to send out a communication urging them. They could just make it happen. All right. Anyways, let's listen to the mid-roll, raffle off some Try Hack Me stuff. UFOs are everywhere. They're in your applications, cloud storage, endpoints, and emails. That's right, UFOs, unidentified file objects, are hiding in files across your organization. UFOs can contain malware that exfiltrates data or deploys ransomware. And 70% of UFOs can't be detected by traditional scanning solutions like antivirus and sandboxing. That's where Votero comes in. Botero prevents UFOs before they hitch a ride in on files without detection and without slowing down business. Do you believe? You can learn more at votero.com slash UFOs. That's V-O-T-I-R-O dot com slash U-F-O-S.
Microsoft shares no. workaround for. All right. Here we are at the mid roll on Halloween, everybody. Hope everybody's enjoying the show so far. We got Try Hack Me raffle tickets to raffle off. So hop on over to chat and drop THM, THM, Try Hack Me. Just the letters THM to enter chat. THM. We will be raffling off two Try Hack Me vouchers today. Compliments of David Meese. Thank you so much, David, uh, for your continued contributions to the cybersecurity community there you go kenneth ruff knows what's up tom bishop's in carrie angel whoa look at the thro the flow is coming in guys while that's queuing up i want to remind everybody if you got the newsletter this morning you know what's going on if you want to receive an email from me every single monday morning with three pieces of actionable intel that you can literally do something with immediately to help reduce cyber risk to your business make you visibly the all-star that you are to other people at your organization including management consider going to this yellow url simplycyber.io slash newsletter signing up the one from monday already went out so you missed this week but if you want to hop on the train and get on next week go sign up if you have received the email you know what I'm talking about. You know the value. It's like a 45-second read. It's not bloated. It is literally straight to the point, actionable intel. Gobble it up. It's good times. All right, let's check how we're doing. Let's check how we're doing here in the uh, chat. Uh, 61 people are logged in here. Let's get ready to roll. Roll, roll, roll. Can only enter once, so don't sweat that. Hela Arharthi. You can only enter once. Hey, Doris. Hope everything's well in Germany. All right. Let's roll. Ready, guys? Here we go. Here comes our first try Hack Me winner. Congratulations, Alexandra Fitties. Alexandra Fitties with the W. All right, next winner. IDK. IDK with the win. Let me document this, guys. Alexandra and IDK, please head on over to the Discord. Head on over to Discord, simplycyber.io slash discord if you're not <laughs> i know idk won again yes if you are um not a member of the discord server shame shame no uh simplycyber.io slash discord hop on over there just dm me i've got the vouchers uh in my on my persons and i will deliver those to you uh no rush today tomorrow whatever i, I wrote your name down here Oh, cool. Nice, Tony Roy. Congratulations. All right, guys. Let's keep going. I do like this way this drops, though. All of the shame, Joel Belton. Congratulations to the whole um, Trace Labs team, uh, Capture the Flag team, too. All right. Let's get back into the news, y'all. There's workaround for ongoing little, little. Outlook login issues. 
Microsoft is working on a fix for ongoing sign-in issues affecting some Outlook for Microsoft 365 customers, preventing them from accessing their accounts. The login problems impact users trying to sign into Outlook using their Outlook.com accounts or those who have already added the accounts to their Outlook profiles. Instead of being able to log in, the users will see error messages asking them to use a work or school account instead. The bug is related to how Outlook is authenticating for the diagnostics in some situations, Microsoft said. Signal says it will... All right, all right. So, really quick, two, two things. One, th like... I guess bookmark this here. I'm going to drop it in chat real quick. I mean, you'll be able to Google it anyways. The the TLDR here is be aware that there is an actual active issue right now with Outlook. And the, the error message you're going to be receiving is you can't sign in here with personal account, use your work or school account, which is actually like a common message that they have because, you know, Office 0365, Outlook, you know, uh, Microsoft.com, Microsoft.office.com, uh, like all of those domain names, they all kind of route back to the same, but there's professional and there's personal. You'll know, listen, you'll know if you have issues because this right here, Outlook, email, this is a very, very end user centric, high touch um, application. The sec, like ask KevTech, KevTech, when someone's email is not working or they're launching Outlook and it's giving them error message, how fast does the phone ring? Like, it's literally, ah, ah, like, it's not working. That's not, that's not even uh, the right sound effect. But you, you hear what I'm saying. Like, guys, Outlook and email, in at least in the United States, is about as high touch as you're going to get. So if people aren't trying to use, uh, if people are getting an error message, you're going to know immediately. So if you're on the West Coast, Nick Barker, Poner Joe, you might be coming into work um, and hearing about this, but just be mindful. There is a workaround. Uh, Microsoft's obviously super uh, aware of how um, important email is and just how how ubiquitous Outlook is. So they're going to get this fixed sooner than later. But there is a workaround, so just be mindful of that. That's that's really the the only thing, you know. In fact, the fact that this is a news story leads me to believe that this this might be already uh, remediated because this isn't like an update from Microsoft. This is a news story of it. So this is October 28th. This is three days ago. Um, this is Friday afternoon. So it's possible. It is possible that you come into work and it's an issue because people you know turn off on the weekends um, and they may not have seen it. But chances are you've got a lot of busy, busy bees who are working over the weekend that would have um, if they experienced the issue, would have let you know. Exit India rather than compromise its encryption. The Indian government, furthering its zero-tolerance stance against cybercrime and fraud, has proposed legislation that would give the government power to intercept encrypted messages. Since interception is useless against end-to-end -end encryption, this new power would either require companies to provide assistance in decrypting and or intercepting messages, or it would require companies falling under the mandate to unplug at least one end of the end-to-end -end encryption so the government can listen in. Signal President Meredith Whitaker has made it clear the company will exit India and give up access to a market with more than a billion potential users if the Indian government heads in this direction. Wow, okay. So... You know, I guess pay attention. Um, this is yet another um, action taken by the Indian government uh, to basically erode privacy of individuals. If you recall, 
Um, India had the um, we we talked about in the news, like basically that all VPN providers had to um, like allow eavesdropping. Also, they had um, I want to say that a bunch of social media networks pulled out because they wanted to be able to track who said what through the social media apps, if I'm not mistaken. So India's been kind of on a slow, methodical movement towards privacy erosion for their um, for their citizens. And, you know, I mean, the country can do what they want. So you're seeing that um, businesses and companies, et cetera, are saying, okay, well, if my choice is to do business in India or to, and, and to compromise our principles or to pull out, then we'll pull out. And Signal is just yet another one um, that is willing to go that route if they do that. Um, so just be mindful. I mean, really what will happen is if Signal pulls out, people will just start using a different medium, right? It'll be either Telegram or, you know, some, some, there'll be some solution, right? Like if there's, if there's a, like, you know, whatever they said it in a, in Jurassic Park, right? Like nature will find a way, right? If people want protection, privacy, et cetera, and they're willing to put in the time and effort and energy to go seek it, um, then, you know, presumably they will get it in some capacity. Uh, it, it is too bad, but, and I don't want to get too much into the government of India and like the leadership over there. I've seen a couple pieces. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm informed um, on both sides of it, but I have seen some, uh, you know, journalism around the leader of India. Uh, and it, this, this doesn't, <clears throat> this aligns with the things I've heard. So Google backs Senate bill on securing open source software. Google joined other industry forces on Thursday in support of legislation to secure open source software. The Securing Open Source Software Act was introduced in September by Senate Homeland Security Committee leader Gary Peters and ranking member Rob Portman and was quickly approved in a voice vote. If signed into law, the bipartisan legislation would require CISA to develop a risk framework within the next year that details how the federal government relies on open source code. Okay, so this is <clears throat> this is um an, another like okay, so open source software needs to be secured. Log4j showed us at the end of 2021. Guys, it wasn't even a year ago. That's how crazy that is. Like it wasn't even a year ago. It was 11 months ago when Log4j exploded on the scene. Um and it really like we as practitioners, we as you know, in big tech or whatever, knew uh, I shouldn't say we big tech knew that open source software ha was inherently kind of uh, had potential to be tampered with. Anyone could contribute to it. There isn't any um, you know warranty, frankly. You, you, there's no there's no assurance that things are tested properly, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, the beauty of open source is that it's best of breed. You can see. You can see the source code if you want, so there's no shenanigans, no hidden back doors. There could be, but you could see it. Um, and there's been a push to have more secure open source software. So this Google backing the Senate bill, which I mean, what does that what does that mean? What does it mean that Google's backing it? Like, are they funding it? Google is a a for profit private company, so like simply Cyber's backing a Senate bill too. Like, what is that? I don't I don't know. I hate to be. Um, flippant about it but I, I don't you know i guess google's joined industry forces maybe it just provides credibility that it's like a legit bill that people like and it helps legislators 
understand that like, oh, I should vote for this, even though I don't understand it. These big tech companies are in on it. Um, we saw last week SigStore, right? Which, by the way, was in the uh, newsletter, right? It, this was for your peers. We saw SigStore, which is a service that allows you to sign, verify, and protect open source software. We saw NIST Cybersecurity Framework a couple years ago introduce an entire supply chain section. I think that was more with like actual product and logistics than it was with open source software, but it, it, it can still apply, right? Um, I feel like here's the deal. If you're younger, right? Say you're in your 20s, early 30s or whatever. As you go through your cyber career, like this is going to be like firmly in place and fully baked by the time you're in your 40s and 50s, right? Like you're going to look back and be like, oh my God, I can't believe we used to go total YOLO with open source software. Like how the hell did we allow, like, I can't believe it took us so long to get software bill of materials, to get in, you know, integrity checks on open source software. Like I can't believe that we were running like wild west back then. Um, no wonder, you know, log 4j and NPM and, and, you know, all these, all these, you know, issues. So we're moving that way. There's money behind it, right? Great cash, homie. There's money behind it. And, uh, I'm sure it's not philanthropic. So, so it's going to happen. Um, and I, you know, I, for one, uh, am, am pumped about it, right? I, open source software has huge value. Uh, but like anything else executing in my environment, I would like to know what it is and where it came from and what's the composition. The final thing I'll say about this, just so you know, is there was, so you guys, Peter, um, Zapko, AKA Mudge, AKA the guy who was in the news recently, uh, who was the chief security officer at Twitter, uh, and then got fired. And then, you know, he was trying to get brought into the legal lawsuit with Elon. You guys remember him, Mudge, him and his wife, Sarah, like four or five years ago, actually tried to create the cyber, uh, integrity testing lab. It was CITL was the acronym. I forget the I exactly, but it was like the cyber integrity testing lab. And basically their goal with that effort was to do kind of a nutrition facts, like on the side of food, you know, the nutrition facts with calories, sugar, proteins, all that crap that used to not exist either. Like that's like a relatively, you know, it's not modern, but like, you know, nutrition facts used to not be there. Right. So they were trying to come up with like nutrition facts ish for software. And they were testing like, you know, major ones so like Firefox, Chrome, Internet Explorer. So you could make a more informed decision as a consumer of how risky or how bad or whatever. Um, and that ended up actually losing a lot of steam, unfortunately, because I think they were getting sued. Um, by vendors who were like, you're, you're telling me my stuff sucks. And, um, here, where's the CITL? Oh yeah. This is, this is right here. Well, this, th okay. So here, cyber test lab. See, see, here it is. CITL. This is it. So the CITL, right. And you could see that they uh, they haven't done much. I went and checked this recently, but anyways, they tried to do this, and then I just saw I just saw on the news um, a few days ago. Uh, Mick Douglas was talking about this on Twitter that the federal government is actually passing legislation, or there's some initiative in place that at the at the government level to force a nutrition labels. Like basically, what Sarah and, and um, Mudge were trying to do 
it looks like there's going to be another run at it. So it's pretty cool. It's a cool idea. It's a cool concept. It helps inform end users to make better decisions on what software they're using, not just tied to um, function features, right? Because like when you say, oh, Chrome versus Internet Explorer or Chrome versus Firefox, which one do you use? You're like, oh, I use Chrome because I like the extensions. I use Chrome because I like the look and feel. I like how it integrates with Google. Like no one's saying I use Firefox because it's less likely to get compromised by watering hole attacks, right? Like no no one says that. Um, and, and this is what they were trying to accomplish with that. So stay tuned for that. That's like another kind of, another thing that's going on. Last week in ransomware. Last week, we learned of healthcare data leaks at Medibank and Australian clinical labs, both in Australia, and Microsoft is reporting that the Raspberry Robin worm is providing access to corporate networks for the CLOP ransomware gang. Other research includes Tommy Leaks and Schoolboys extortion gangs being actually the same group, with Tommy Leaks focusing on pure data extortion and Schoolboys deploying ransomware. Finally, Microsoft disclosed that Vice Society uses multiple ransomware families in attacks, including Black Cat, Quantum, Zeppelin, and a Vice Society branded variant of Zeppelin. Additionally, Bleeping Computer is also aware of the group using the Hello Kitty ransomware in attacks, and we also learned more information about new and existing ransomware attacks, such as an alleged $60 million lockbit ransomware demand on Pendragon, Hive claiming the attack on Tata Power, and a ransomware attack on the Indianapolis Housing Agency. Thanks for starting. Jesus. Okay, so. All right, so ransomware, still bad. That's the TLDR here. A uh, couple of things. One, uh, Vice Society, remember, they're hitting uh, Los Angeles County School District and more focused on education than any, anything else. Um, these guys, you know, they're, they're, um, they're an equal opportunity ransomware threat actor. They're saying that they're using all of these different types of ransomware variants. So they're probably just uh, purchasing ransomware kits or ransomware as a service model, hooking into multiple affiliate programs and just going ham on whoever, whenever, doing whatever in order to make the most amount of money that they can. Vice Society is straight up, you wanna talk about financially motivated? Great cash, homie. Vice Society's all about that. And I find it funny um, that they have a white, white labeled version of Zeppelin. Like that's kind of new. That's kind of new. You don't typically see uh, malware, uh, like, you know, threat actor groups white labeling malware because who cares if it's Zeppelin or it's not. So I don't know if like Zeppelin, um, you know, whoever is selling Zeppelin as a service uh, wanted, you know, Vice Society, like a, as a way to like thank them for their service, gave them a white label version of their of their ransomware. I have no idea. Um also, Tommy Leaks and Schoolboys, like these, all right, these kind of funny names. Um, I haven't heard of either of these threat actor groups. So, you know, guys, I say it, I've said it before, I'll say it again. You shouldn't be protecting from like Tommy Boy or, or whatever, Schoolboys or Tommy Leaks, right? You should have a agnostic, as comprehensive as you can approach to protecting and recovering from ransomware. That's that's the deal. You can use all these different ones as examples to figure out like, you know, like what's out there and how are they attacking, but for the most part, um there's a lot of What? Did we just become best friends? Yeah, oh, Jeremy Williams with the coffee. Thank you Jeremy Williams. Cheers friend. Cheers. Guys, protect get backups, test your backups, 
Do tabletop exercises to handle what would happen if we got ransomware. What's the number? Get executives involved. When do we call the insurance company? Do we pay the ransom? Is there a number we say that we won't pay more than? Do we have insurance? You know, like all these questions, okay? Also, I want to give a quick little shout out to Raspberry Robin Worm. If you got the newsletter, you know that I called out Raz... Oh, no, no, no. Actually, you know what? That, I made a mistake. Raspberry Robin Worm. I'm doing a project with Lima Charlie. If you guys don't know this, Lima Charlie, the uh, EDR solution company. Uh, well, they're not really an EDR. They're they're more like... A, um, they're like more like post-exploitation kind of incident response uh, tooling. But anyways, I'm doing a podcast with those people. And actually, uh, Raspberry Worm uh, Robin worm is something that I talked about. Stay tuned. When I have more information around Lima Charlie and that whole project that I'm working on with them, I will share it with everybody. All right. Let's take a look here. Looks like... Where's the song I wanted? Um, Here we go. All right, y'all. I want to say thank you to each of you. Happy Halloween. That's going to do it for today's news show. Uh, congratulations to our winners, Alexandra and IDK, for winning the Try Hack Me voucher. Stay tuned all week. If you're watching on replay, I will make a concerted effort to get some Try Hack Me um, raffle prizes in for the team replay people using the... Um, the raffle mechanisms in the Discord server. You know, you know, I love to give some love to the to the team replay people. Guys, be good today. Have a good time out there. Say hi to all the little trick or treaters. Love their outfits. Oh, I'm sorry. Guess what, guys? It is Monday, which means it's Callan's artwork of the day. I totally uh, forgot. So, but I didn't forget because we're gonna do it right now. Right? So every Monday, if you're new here, um, Callan, my son, one of my sons, uh, draws a piece of art uh, over the weekend and makes it available for all of us. So today's artwork, compliments of Callan, is this. Now, this is actually not a straight, a rectangular piece of paper. He's cut it out. And if you can see, let me do this really quickly. You can see here, this is the sky, sunset. This is an island. That's a starfish. This is the ocean. It's a nice little tranquil, peaceful beach day. That's what we're doing here. This is a beach spa day. Uh, so if you're having a tough day, you had a tough weekend, you want a moment of zen, come to the beach. Thank you, Callan, for your artwork. Always do great work, Callan. Always doing great work. All right, guys. Now that's going to do it for the stream today. Everybody, be good. Take care. Hold on. It says the Discord link doesn't work. Someone just said that. Let me see that. John Bruno. Let me see. Here we go, John Bruno. I'm going to I'm gonna drop it in chat, okay? There you go. Try that. Someone can send that over to John Bruno. Oh, thank you so much, Kimberly. I'll let Callan know. Yeah, happy happy Halloween, everybody. Nice, Steve. Get into that GRC course. Flex. Love it, love it, love it. Jonathan Burns, yeah. Hey, 
We work hard, heads down, banging on the keyboard, but take a moment. I need to take a moment, honestly, and uh, reflect sometimes. Thanks, Edward. Thanks, Edward. Hey, John Patin, thank you. All right, guys. Be good. Take care. We'll see everybody tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. I say, I can't fit them all inside my OJ, so I just take half and wash them out. I give the rest of Master G so he can shock the house. I said a M-A-S, a T-E-R, a G with a double E. I said I go by the unforgettable name of the man they call a Master G. Well, my name is known all over the world by all the foxy ladies and the pretty girls. I'm going down in history as the baddest rapper there ever could be. Now I'm feeling the highs and you're feeling the lows. The beat starts getting into your toe. You start popping your fingers and stopping your feet and moving your body while you're sitting and you're sitting. Then damn, you start doing the freak. I said bam, a rider out of your seat. Then you throw your hands high in the air. You rock it to the rhythm, shake it dairy. You rock it to the beat without a care Cruise the short shot MCs for the affair Now I'm not as tall as the rest of the gang But I rap to